0: should we respond to that god and i i mentioned last week that jesus himself prophesied that in the last days in matthew the 24th chapter when he was talking about signs that there would be people that would be offended would betray false prophets and then because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold and so Jesus foretold about this falling away and churches losing members attendance shutting doors more and more people identifying as atheists and then on veterans day uh, I am sure those that had been in combat would tell you about a phenomenon known as foxhole religion that you know you can be big and bad when you are just by yourself but in the moment when you are threatened uh, all of a sudden uh, there's a part of us that longs to be in the presence of God and make sure that we're connected spiritually because we are body, soul and spirit and so one third of us longs to be in connection with God and the other third of us. uh, That is body is of course connected to the earth. But then the third that is soul is uh, impacted by things such as love and and uh, you know uh, uh, so forth uh, uh, peace and you hope that there are all of these attributes that would be there that unfortunately if you don't believe in God they would not exist because it would just be happenstance it would just be random if there was no God it if there was no creator if there you would have no purpose in your life you would have nothing and i i mentioned last week about just dna and and how do you account for the amazing technology that dna uh, it, it, it represents and i i know uh, brother nick teaches science and i, I think brother shane has a at times with chemistry and some but they can tell you that that a a dna strand it's like you know uh for those of us who are not real scientific it's like you know when you had a an airplane that you had a rubber band and you would uh twist the propeller and the rubber band would begin to coil and then kink and then the coils coiled and then the coils coiled again and they coiled again and you anybody remember that and you would let it go and and you know the little propeller blade well, the DNA is like that, coils upon coils upon coils of these pairs, actually about three billion pairs of information that are there, that are in each cell. Now, that all of that coiled up stuff, you could fit eight of them in the width of your human hair. So, in the not the length, because you know, you might have short hair or long hair, but in the width. Of a human hair, there are eight. You would be able to fit. That's the size there are, and that if you uncoiled like a one-eighth of a human hair and unraveled it, and you had this three billion pairs, and you just spent one second every on every pair, you just looked at it one second and read that information, and you went to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. It would take you almost a hundred years to read that DNA, which that cell sends all that information to the body. That's how complex that we have discovered this human body is. Now it may even be, there might be DNA in the DNA. I don't know. My point is, You're telling me all of that specific information, all of that technical, and there is no creator? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. You've got a lot of faith because... I just can't imagine. And, and as I said, you would not want to be able to think or worship. And, and I, I talked about all those things. You can log on and find that lesson or, or sermon. And then I talked about how sometimes probably because prayers aren't answered, that people begin to doubt whether or not there is a God because they sort of look at God as, a you know, a push button that I ought to be able to push a button and, and it works and I I mentioned Job and I mentioned how what he had gone through and I kind of wanted to really kind of talk about job later and I I but I I talked to you about how Isaac Isaac was prayed for his wife and yet it was 40 years before that prayer was answered it seems like it was just uh, you know overnight and how that it might be that the Lord is teaching us to persevere like the unjust judge and the and the man the woman that kept coming to him and I I mentioned all of all of these things kind of of going forward and yet how James would say count it all joy uh, because it's the trying of our faith and it may be that there is a a trial of the faith that is going on at that and uh, you know that the Lord is trying to uh, give us uh, where we have rejoiced in the hope of the glory and peace with God and we know that tribulation works patience and et cetera, et cetera. And and I I read those verses and then we we talked about the poor man that came with his child that had uh, self-destructive habits and was falling in the fire and and the Lord uh, went to the disciples and they didn't heal him and they went to the Lord and the Lord said if you believe you can be healed and so immediately uh, the man replied Lord I believe but help what? My unbelief because it's hard sometimes to maintain that belief and yet I, I mentioned the verse in Jude where it says have compassion making a difference and in the Amplified it says have mercy on those that waver and doubt and so you know is it ever easy to doubt yes and I I read to you the example of Zachariah how he doubted the word of Gabriel and the Lord uh, judged him and shut his mouth and then how Mary doubted the word of Gabriel and the Lord explained it all and I don't know why sometimes we get an explanation and sometimes we don't but I'm still here to tell you no matter whether God explains himself whether God answers the prayer whether God does what I think He's ought to do there is still a God and I am a believer God still is able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask and so you know and yet have we ever been bombarded? Sure. I mean, you read, you don't have to go very far to read in Psalms. We read Psalms, the first chapter. Psalms, the sixth chapter. You can read the whole thing. Psalms, the thirteenth chapter. Look at the transition that happens. David cries in Psalms six. It's just short. They're only a few verses long. And he'll say things like, have mercy, Lord. I'm weak. My soul is sore vexed. Oh Lord, how long? Deliver me. How long am I going to be here? Save me for mercy's sake. I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Anybody ever been there? But he didn't stop being a believer. (laughs) I may not understand. What did he say? He ends that psalm by saying, The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. What are you saying? I'm still going to hold on to God. I may not know. I may be going through it. I may not understand. But I still know there is a God. God knows. God loves. God cares. God is able to make a difference. He's able to change my very DNA. I could be a new creature in Christ Jesus psalm 13 same thing started out how long will you forget me lord forever how long will you hide your face from me anybody prayed similar prayers how long shall i take counsel in my soul my sorrow in my heart daily but you know how he ends it but i have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Why I will sing unto the Lord because He hath dealt bountifully with me. I'm here to tell you, David would start a psalm and you read it, Psalm six, Psalm thirteen. By the end, by the eighth, tenth, sixth verse, he's already changing his tune. I know it's all right if you're struggling, if you're feeling like I'm overwhelmed, but just hang on. Don't stop being a believer. God is still able, God is still able, God is still able. I will sing bountifully, I will keep worshiping, I will thank him. I don't have anything to thank him for. Yes, one day he died on a cross. I have a lot to thank the Lord for. Oh, and, and I, I, I know And they talk, Brother Josh mentioned war and Brother Keyes mentioned war and, and the hearing, the hand grenades, and uh, appreciated the video and all the service today and the training. And I I, 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 didn't do that, and I don't know. I, I, you know, I graduated from high school in 1975, and they had stopped even making us sign up. <coughs> and, and I, I. I we had what we call Boys State," and we went to uh, the campground or the facilities that they had in North Little Rock, where they trained the National Guard. And of course, there were helicopters, and they didn't use ammo or anything, but they marched us around, and I to be candid with you, I hated it. <laughs> I went in. I just hated it. I went in to go to the bathroom and there were like 20 commodes and no stalls. 20 shower heads and and I was an only child. I was raised where you had a bathroom. You were, you know, it was private. I'm an introvert. I could go in and read. All of a sudden, here you are. Hi, how are you? Good, what's going on? (laughs) I can't imagine getting shot at in the midst of all of that and not having a bathroom to go hide in, you know? That's beyond my scope. I was not, you know, what's going on here? I'm in the midst of all of this. Of course, you know, you you have uh, all of this shocking world and yet as Brother Josh said, and as Brother Key said, those that went to war experienced even greater atrocities. And then, depending on the war, you know, whether World War II or or World War, uh, you know, where where you have uh, the use of chemical agents or terrorists and and jungle warfare. And we did have a, uh, a cousin of mine that came and uh, came from Vietnam was a. Uh, a Green beret, and he had gone out in five men teams, and and my folks, I remember when he came and stayed with us, and my dad was helping him, and a young man, and he came out of Vietnam where he had done these several tours behind enemy lines, and calling in napalm strikes, and shooting, and 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 espionage, and he had uh, top, you know, security clearance, and I I remember my dad and mom telling me, whatever you do, don't make a loud noise. Whatever you do, don't walk in on him. Whatever you do, Talked very soft, a whistle when you come into the back bedroom, or when you come into the kitchen, which was near where he was staying. Why? Because he's got this, you know, he's up and ready, and he's just been so programmed by by the hearing a noise and trigger and alert and all of that. And I I, I remember all of that, and I I can say that I can't imagine. And I, I actually uh, he came back and uh, he. Uh, I have talked to him periodically over the years. Is uh, because of all of the chemical agents that fell on him, his son was born handicapped, and and uh, we've talked several times. He's now moving to Florida. And I, I, I I admire and I, I I appreciate all of our vets, and, and yet I realize when you go through something it becomes traumatic. And that's what happened to Job. And I mentioned that. And we all have studied the book of Job. And I, I know my time. But I, I just want to show you that Job started out pretty good. You know, he got hit. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, one report came in. And, and his servants have been killed. And his camels. And his and his and all of his money. And he's lost all of that. And... Then they came in and told him that his children have died. And listen to how Job responds, end of the first chapter, naked came I out of my mother's womb and that's how I'm going to go back. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. What did he say? Boy, I don't know. That took a lot to be able to say, you've lost your kids, you've lost all your money, you're destitute. And then you go on into the second chapter, and the, even the Lord said Job was a perfect and upright man that, you know, shuns evil, fears God, he holds fast his integrity. And the Lord said to Satan, You're trying to get me to destroy him without a cause. That was what the Lord said Satan you're trying to get me to destroy him and the devil said if you'll let me touch him skin for skin I can get him and notice what happened in the second chapter after he got the skin worms and he's sitting there on an ash heap, his wife can't take anymore and his wife remember his wife says, "Curse God and die. Get out from under the pressure. Do away with yourself." And you know what? It's amazing, but we have kids now, they're, they're statistically, suicide is rising rates because of the stress. I can't handle it. And oh! Pastor, I've not, never thought of that. Good, if you have, come see me, talk to me. Be, talk to somebody because that's not the option. That's what Job's wife tried to say. And what did Job respond? What? I like that. Amen. What? <laughs> Foolish woman. <laughs> Don't you realize? We shall receive good at the hand of God and receive bad, evil. In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Amen. Wow. Job deserves several standing ovations. Amen. We honor our veterans, but can you imagine what Job went through? Amen. It so impacted him that for seven days he just sat there numb. Couldn't say a word. Couldn't eat. Couldn't drink. Just seven days. Boom. You talk about. Now what's wonderful is his three friends came. <laughs> and they just sat there with him. For three, seven days. And. Then they begin talking. And they. They begin to tell Job how bad he had been and it's obvious that he had done something wrong and that this was his fault and that surely something was going on and yet, what did Job say? How long? Now he's beginning to change. And I know my time, I'm fixing to wrap this up. I'm going to finish Job. How long will you not do? Will you let me alone, God? Let me alone. I'm, I'm just tired. I, I want you to let me alone. You've set a mark against me. I'm a burden to myself. I know I've had people say, I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. Imagine when you say, I'm a burden to myself. Why won't you forgive me? Pardon my transgressions. Take away. Because it's, it must be something I've done wrong. I can't think of it, but it must be. Just forgive me, Lord. That's how desperate Job was getting. The ninth chapter. And he says this one thing the Lord is able to destroy the perfect and the wicked, He is able to whip suddenly. He will laugh at the trial of the innocent. You've given him to the wicked. Go ahead, next slide. The faces of the judges look at me and say, who is this guy? The 10th chapter, Job said, I will say unto God, don't condemn me. Why would you condemn me? It's good to you that you should oppress, Oh, despise the work of your own hands. Are you attacking me, Lord? I'm, I'm trying to do what's right. The days of a man, thy years are as man's days. And My iniquity and my sin, knowest thou not I am not wicked. He keeps saying, I I don't believe I I am wicked. I don't believe I deserve this. I don't believe it's fair. None can deliver me. The 16th chapter. Though I speak, no matter what I do, my grief is not assuaged or is not taken care of. I pray that doesn't go away. Amen. Anybody ever been there? Amen. I forbear. I am not eased. That's made me weary. I'm filled with wrinkles. You tear at me in your wrath. He goes on. You read in the 16th. Go on. That's just, and, he, and he says, people, you know, you've delivered me to the ungodly. You've broken me asunder. You've shattered me. Oh, that one might plead for a man. This is how he starts ending. Oh, I wish there was somebody that could plead before God for me. Aren't you glad we know somebody that has pleaded our case? And then Job starts, God then starts asking Job questions. Can you make a snowflake? Where were you in the mountains, goats? And can you fish? And for 38, 39, 40, 41. God's just peppering Job with questions. Why? Because Job was saying, if you only knew God. (laughs) Go ahead, next slide. When Job gets through hearing the questions that God answered, ask... Job's response, and read it very carefully. He said, I've heard of you with the hearing of the ear. Now mine eyes have seen you. I hate myself and I repent in dust and ashes. But now notice this next verse. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the first, the oldest of the friends that spoke, and God said, I am mad at you. Amen. Amen. What? We were here to get Job back in line. And God said, I'm mad at you and against your two friends. For you have not spoken of me that thing that is right as my servant Job has. What was it that Job said about God that was right? And what was it that Eliphaz said that was so wrong? Therefore, you better get seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up yourselves a burnt offering and let my servant Job pray for you. For him, Will I accept? And I, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that you have spoken of me the thing which is right. Have not spoken of me the thing which is right, like my servant Job. What made Job's words acceptable? What made Eliphaz's words not acceptable? A lot of what Eliphaz and his friends said was accurate. If you've sinned God can hide his face from you. Things can go not be blessed. Eliphaz didn't say a lot of horrible things. But you know what made the difference? The three friends spoke from a rigidity clinical. You've done this. You've done that. You need to change. You need to get it right. Surely you must have done something wrong. You are bad. What did Job say that was so right? Oh God, I'm desperate. The three friends were one step removed. They didn't go there to intercede on Job's behalf. They went there to tell Job where he had done wrong and God said I'm telling you you better repent you better get seven bullocks seven rams why because although Job wanted to argue with me although Job wanted his day in court at least he was willing to talk to me face to face and look at me and say God I don't understand and God said I would rather have one man that is willing to question what I'm doing and ask me where I've been and why this is going on and will derail directly with me than three people that will tell me that somebody else. Go ahead, next slide. Why? Job never doubted that there was a God. I don't understand it. I don't understand what you're doing. But I'm still a believer. I'm still. Believer, there is a God. There is a God. I don't know why He's not doing it, but there is a God. I am a believer. God, uh, you know, Job. Job thought maybe God was a monster. God, he could not. He accused Job foolishly accused God of monstrous acts, when in reality, it was Satan that had done all of this. But he never lost his focus on I'm still believing in a God. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the problem is. The one thing you can never let go of. You have ask God a question, ask Him a hundred questions. Ask God for a miracle, ask Him for a hundred times. Why? You can talk all you want, but I'm going to tell you, don't ever lose sight of what the devil meant for evil. God is able to turn it for my good. When you read the last chapter, Job was doubly blessed. I'm here to tell you, don't lose sight.